Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Rec podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Robert. I'm Henry. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. And this is episode eight zero, the big 80. We have made it to our 80th episode, everybody. Wow. Did it, everyone. Thank you. Wow. Pretty nuts. I don't know if I've done 80 of anything, except... That- like, deserves a nice for, Owen Wilson push up uh, reps. Oh, yeah, <laughs> super swole. <laughs> Let's get a nice Owen Wilson wow for episode 80. Wow, wow. oh, wow, wow, wow. Wow. wow, yeah, that was that was great. That's all I wanted tonight. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> all right, later, Henry. <laughs> uh, that's all I needed you for, anyway. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead tonight. Good night. I think everyone listening has realized we're not that good at impressions. Mm-mm. I think they realize we're great at impressions. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think everybody's really great at the Owen Wilson wow, though. I think that's wow. the one impression yeah. anybody can do. Because you can say it however wow. you want. And it's instead of like, wow. But that might still be like, wow. Owen Wilson like slowed down, you know? Like if it was a slow-mo shot and it was just like, oh no, wow. Wow. <laughs> good. That was really good context, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're off to a good start tonight. Off to that's a good for start. sure. Yep. <laughs> off to a good start of the week, too. It's, it was great. I uh, spent, uh, spent today up with uh, Mr. Jake Hayden at his drum studio in North Hollywood. Um, and we were uh, been scoring uh, our good friend Brett Moline, who's here with us tonight. Let's go! I've been scoring Brett's new short film, and uh, we put some live drums on it today, and Jake's studio just sounds totally fucking bitching, and he's a hell of a player, and and, uh, it was no easy task for uh, some of these cues, because the tempos are all over the place, and the time signatures change to match the editing and everything, and it was was really fun to put together. And uh, yeah, the the rest of the week was just filled with co-writes and... um, we did a photo shoot for Late Night Brunch Club, our first photo shoot for that project. And um, <laughs> we all wore um, like Hawaiian shirt type things which, and shorts, which was kind of fun. And it was a kind of, it was a pretty nice day too. So it wasn't like super cold outside. Um, yeah. And then, and then I went to a jam on Friday in Tustin nice. at a secret location that's not going to be disclosed. <laughs> Here. but it was really fun and it was really cool to, to just like stretch out and just jam with folks again and it's cool what about you nice. bobby how was your week just good uh, i feel like there was a lot of music this 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 week which was great uh you know we we we, we got together on thursday and did some writing um and uh yeah friday just jammed with the boys and saturday i Played another show at a restaurant, which was nice to get back out and play some songs for people that are listening, um, which is just something that I think my my brain and essence of my body was missing for just like everyone for a really long time. So it's just nice to slowly get back into it. Um, but yeah, it was great. And, uh, got to play uh, on Sunday, too, for a buddy's little party. It was just a, it was a good weekend. I, I enjoyed it. My fingers are... Feeling the burn, um, but it makes Bernie me feel good. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It was good. How's your weekend, Henry? Uh, it was it was good. Um, it's not as much of a blur as as last week. Um, it's nice. I actually remember. <laughs> Is that a good or bad I thing? <laughs> I don't. I you know what? I'll get back to you on that one. All right, because uh, I can't answer it definitively. Um, I did a I did a video shoot on Friday, which was I'll just say it was interesting. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see, um, I got I got some clothes fixed. Uh, I had a friend who's a seamstress fix some of my clothes, which was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, that's that's about all I can remember that's notable. Um, was she a tiny dancer? No. <laughs> not as far as i know okay. not as far as i know i don't, yeah. I don't. <laughs> you have one be. chance to very, ask that question very possible yeah, yeah. So, uh, she'll very still possible. probably marry a music man though i i did tell her to hold me closer though yeah. did it did it <laughs> feel so real how about you warren <laughs> um, go with me for one <laughs> one time henry Sorry, you'll get me, you'll get him next time andrew you'll get him next time yeah by by maybe like episode 160 we'll we'll get it that's that's, that's double, double this what number. we yeah math. there we go math oh anyway uh my weekend was a uh, week was pretty standard still kind of moving some stuff robert and robbie were nice enough to lend me their trucks on friday to move big items from my old spot, which was very nice. Thank you again. Then I got to play some music Friday and Sunday and yeah, you know, just getting back into Mondays and back at them. We got a lot of stuff coming up that I'm excited for. So yeah, you know, it's just getting prepped and excited for shit that's going on. What about you, Andrew? <laughs> All right, moving on. That, that was oh, Andrew's contribution. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> All right. Oh, Warren just inspired me. Um, <laughs> this didn't really happen this weekend, uh, but I became an uncle for the first time ever. Oh yeah! Oh, congratulations! congratulations. Yeah, uh, dude, Cheers. So, Sophia Ooh. Rose, uh, good my name. Sisters first child and the first grandchild my family so uh yeah it's interesting um i know almost all of you guys are uncles so except henry um i'm a i'm a step uncle doesn't count (laughs) (laughs) but it's a super weird and like crazy um you know, I, I don't uh, have a good way to describe it. It's like, oh my god, like a human life was formed out of someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's partially my job to care for this thing. Yeah, it's fun being the uncle. You, yeah, you get to be around for all the fun, that fun stuff. Not around for any of like the tears or diapers. I mean, you're still there for that, but like you're associated with fun stuff. So I feel like it's like fun to be an uncle. Not as much. I've Not as much responsibility. It- uh, I've been feeling it on Amanda's side of the family because they just had their second kid. And then so one's like three or four, five. She can get mad at me because I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> she'll put on the comments. Don't worry. Yeah. It's a birthday. Yeah. And then um, they 
the other one just turned one. And so like, I've gotten to like feed a baby and do all the baby stuff, and, like hang out with the kids. And I, I like it. It's fun. It's just like a ton of work, but, um, <laughs> she's she's five. Five. I said five, <laughs> didn't I? Sure. After three, yeah, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to go back to the time and find out. I remember five. <clears throat> Did, uh, I have a question for you, Andrew, um, because of how, you know, just random COVID stuff. Were you able to like go to the hospital when she had it or were you able to, have you met him yet or met her yet? No, no. Or anything like that? No. Okay. We're just sort of giving them time to like figure stuff out. And even my dad yeah. right now has like been, he signed up to give injections. So like, I don't know that he's going to get to see her for, you know, weeks or something. I think my dad has this vaccine, but like, even mm-hmm. with all those things, it's like just doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. So yeah. we're just giving them space. And right now they just are sitting there and pooping and sleeping anyway. So yeah, like, are like, you know, <laughs> like loaves of bread, you know, they don't really do anything yet and they don't remember anything either. You know, I think it's already cause so. I just have so many nephews and nieces that now I'm just like, cool. They're, yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> let's wait till they can walk around and talk a little bit. And then that's more entertaining for me. Wait, wait, let's wait till they can drink a beer with me. Well, I'm still waiting for that for yeah. a handful of them, but <laughs> Yeah, right. Now they're like, Uncle Robert, take me on tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we got drum techs, and we don't really have a guitar tech. We have a drum tech if we ever need one. I think he's better than me, so I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, um, before we talk about what we're going to be drinking, we uh, have a special guest tonight. He has been... Um, a friend of us for a really long time. I mean, I remember watching him before I could really go to bars. Um, and he is uh, an amazing singer songwriter. And let's welcome on Jameson Burt. What's up, dude? Woo. What's up, guys? What's up? Yes. What's up? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's good to see you. Thanks for being on here. Good to see you uh, through a iPhone screen. <laughs> Sometimes that's all we can hope for these days. Yeah, but I, I miss you guys. It's good, it's good to see you here. Same. Yeah, it's been a bit. I think the, the last time I saw you was uh, when we did the that Marine Room show together, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, Robert, I might have seen you a couple times, like, down on Laguna, maybe after. Yeah. That was, that was about yeah. the end. That was, like, I think it was the last time I played live, probably. Yeah, I feel like the last time I saw you was down on Laguna when Bestie was in town. Yeah. And you guys were just walking around and I was probably just drunkenly at Marine Room like, hey guys, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you? That was our uh that was our tour kickoff show before our South tour last year on uh, right. February seventh. Damn oh, when we when we played together at Marine yeah. Room. Didn't didn't you come night. to the one after that too though, Jameson? I could have sworn you were at the one like like right before everything got super crazy. Yes, I was. In March, right? I had like early March. Oh yeah, <laughs> March sixth. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That's I right. That I couldn't remember the date, but yeah, that was like right, right before. Right yeah, before. Yeah, I had more, even more fun then than when I was playing. It was just fun. <laughs> just get drunk. So <laughs> that was great. Well, speaking of drunk, what are you drinking this evening? I'm going to disappoint you guys really badly and and tell you that I'm drinking a cup of coffee. Ooh. Oh, nothing wrong with that. We, we love coffee. And I think Andrew, like last week, was talking all about coffee, right? Yeah. 
So why don't you tell us more about this coffee? What kind of coffee are you drinking? Uh, it's like, you know, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if you like, you know, if it was some fancy coffee or, you know, anything. I, uh, I think it's, it's Pete's, you know, I like Pete's. Ooh, solid, solid. But, um, I did, I did have like a few cocktails before dinner. And then after dinner, I was, I, uh, just like needed a cup of coffee to be, uh, be awake. So I'll, right I'll get back. I'll get back to the tequila later. <laughs> what about you steve uh so i uh i wasn't really cleaning out the fridge i was looking to see what i had in my fridge and i came across a uh one of these it's a uh a wild turkey old-fashioned that i bought hmm. from the wayfair when they were doing uh cocktails to go last march and it's been sitting in the back of my fridge just aging in the fridge for a year and I put it with some ice and it's still delicious. So thank you, Sean Stevenson from the Wayfair for, uh, for making a good and long lasting cocktail that, uh, it's, it's fantastic. So. Steve, I can't believe that lasted in your fridge for a year. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I started switching to, to Tito's and then I forgot that they were back there. And then I just kept getting like a new handle of Tito's every week and then started getting into White Claws and Trulies and the seltzers and stuff. And yeah, so it was, it was a nice surprise to, to find it back there just all by its lonesome gleaming in the darkness because we don't have a, our, our light burned out in the fridge. You know, I've definitely seen it in there this past year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I never thought to myself, "Mm, that sounds good. I think, I think it's just because every time we put, like drinks up on the top shelf there, or I slid in some eggs. It just kind of like got pushed further back, and uh, yeah. So it was it was it was a nice find, and it's uh, it's very delicious and and uh, mixed very well. And the the can is deceiving. It's a four ounce can, um, and I mean I do have you know big ice cubes in here, but it's uh, this is only about half half of the uh, of what's in the can. So I've Damn. got plenty. It's, it's definitely, you know, more than uh, I think you would normally get at a bar in an old fashioned. Maybe. Yeah. I also hear whiskey ages better in small aluminum cans than barrels. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that probably a like a very, very nicely aged old fashioned for you. Well, and it's, and it's made with wild turkey, which I'm normally not, not too much of a fan of, but it's, uh, it's good. You know, maybe it's, it's like a wilder turkey. Because it's been stuck in a fridge, it's really been quarantined and just you know chilling back there, <laughs> just waiting for podcast number eighty, <laughs> waiting for just to eight. break it out. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for Jameson to be on here since we I think I've been talking for a yeah, while yeah. about being on <laughs> celebratory drink. Yeah, man. I don't think I've ever met anyone that's like a wild turkey person. Have you guys ever heard that? Where they're like, "Oh, I just love wild turkey," and I get it every time. I get no. whiskey. No, <laughs> that, feel, that yeah. feels like maybe like an old uncle. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> so Andrew, now you can start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> start my wild turkey obsession. Yeah. yeah. What 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 would what would you call like a wild turkey person? Mm. A, a, a gobbler. Maybe. You got to come up with what, a, what cool, the, a cool what, nickname. What's the thing that a turkey has? Isn't that like a little gobbler? Giblet. Thing? giblet. That's what I call it. Giblet. A giblet. Gibbler. No, giblet, no, I think the giblet is like all its innards that like go. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's even better than 
There you go. <laughs> anyway, Robert, what are you what are you drinking over there, man? Uh, you know, I'm I went out of the box today. Um, I am drinking a dose of beer. Um, I'm always drinking a dose of beer. These are hefty fees. Picks them up over the weekend. It's just a solid beer, and I love it. So, cheers. I have it all the time, so there's no sense in talking too much about it. Henry, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a Modern Times Black House Coffee Stout. Nice. Uh, they are really, really heavy. good. Um, I saw them at my local liquor store here in Huntington Beach and just just got the uh, got the urge to buy them. Uh, they come in in uh, you know the the four pack whatever it is. Uh, I think this is a pint, right? I think it's like a sixteen ounce can, and got it in this nice glass here. It kind of looks like a, a Coke. Um, it's delicious. I love these. This is probably my favorite thing that Modern Times does. Um, I was just feeling it tonight. Nice. And it's pretty, it's pretty close to a cup of coffee, except it gets you, you know, decently drunk. I'm trying to figure out what uh, the percentages on it. So um, I'll take guesses if we want to play that game until I figure it out. I can't see it anywhere. We still so do. if we start guessing and you can't figure it out, then we're just guessing for no reason. Right. Exactly. Oh, I see. It's right here. All right. Who wants to guess? Seven, six. Okay. Eight it's a coffee nine. stout. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm just going to go higher. No, it's in your can. I don't know. I would go 8.4. I'm going low. I'm saying five. Mm. Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, nine. Jameson wins. Ooh. Damn. Five. Point eight percent. Wow! 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 one dollar and the price is right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Jameson. You this. get a you get a little. You get yeah. a little I don't want to be that guy. Club. You 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 you're that guy tonight, dude. Sorry. <laughs> what are you drinking, Warren? Uh, <clears throat> I am actually drinking a dozen beer as well, because now that I'm a little bit further south of Costa Mesa, I am closer to Docent, so I can get their beers. And I'm drinking a Gimme, which is their IPA, which is, I think, one of their most popular beers. Very good. If you're ever in San Juan, go to Docent. Good atmosphere, good people, good beer. Hits all the check marks. Yeah, really good food. Their chili verde quesadilla and their chili verde sandwich are insane. Probably talked about it before, but really I just good. realized I'm, I'm wearing all docent right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just got off work. I did ask oh them where my, my paycheck's going to be here because I haven't got a paycheck from them in like over a year. <laughs> yeah, dude, are you sponsored? Yeah, <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, is that where you're at? Are you in San Juan or are you in, uh, are you in Dana Point? So, I'm in San Clemente right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a break, and so we ended up moving down here. Um, Shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to tell you the whole story. I, t- I told it back on a podcast. It's kind of a long one. But, um, yeah, we had somebody break in, so we're down here. But now I can get dozen beer because it's close. <laughs> well, good. Worth the yeah, break. And, and you're stuck in a beautiful home down there. Which yeah, you yeah. To- 
all a visit on Thursday night, which was cool. Yeah. It was very comfortable. Well, and, and Warren, <laughs> now that you bring it up, Dosen is on the way for you to rehearsal normally, right? <laughs> it technically <laughs> it is. I might have so, to bet on you if, if, if you have some time. Yeah. So, I'll give. I'd much rather give you a delivery fee than than like you know postmated or whatever. You don't have to give me a delivery fee. I'll pick up beers for the band. That'll be that'll be on my tab. That'll be swell. I'll chip in. Anyway, what are you drinking, Andrew? I'm drinking a margarita that I made. Ooh, I had some mix left. I think for Valentine's Day we did like Mexican food, so I had some margarita mix left over. Went for it. That's good. If I'm not mistaken. I think today is National Margarita Day or some shit. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I totally did that really? on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, Jameson. <laughs> it's National Margarita Day, everyone. It is. Today you totally drink margaritas on purpose and not by accident. <laughs> Monday, like margarita. The National Margarita Day should at least fall on like a Taco Tuesday, not like on a Monday. Yeah, margarita it, Monday. It's today. It is today. Yeah. I have Margarita Monday. I've gone to many a Margarita Monday. Everyone gets first. It's my first time knowing that it's a Margarita Monday. Me too. Right? <laughs> this is a revelation. Have you ever heard of Margarita to, Monday? I'm going to have to plan for it next year. No, I've never heard of Margarita Monday. Oh, I have never heard of Margarita Day either. I think Bob Rodman posted that, and that's why I know about it. And probably also what Jameson knows. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Or one mutual friend on Facebook. <laughs> oh, Bob. Um, but you know, goes, Bob. you know what goes well with margaritas? Listening to some music. Boom. Yes, sir. But before we talk about that, Damn. You guys want to know what that part of a turkey's anatomy is called? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm dying. Yes. yes. It's called the waddle. The waddle. Oh, oh. The waddle. Damn. It's the waddle. Uncle the, Waddle. Kill me. I had the, Uncle Waddle. Not the gobbler. <laughs> not the gobbler. <laughs> the gobbler. It's uh, the waddle. The just, waddle of a turkey. Yeah. Um, just just well, a bunch, a, bunch of waddlers out there. Yeah. That's yeah. what you call people that like wild turkey now. The waddler. He's a waddler. He only drinks wild turkey. Oh, that (laughs) damn waddler. That could be a good song, man. (laughs) The waddler. Yeah. He was just a waddler. waddler. (laughs) He only drank wild turkey. (laughs) 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 Um, So, today, I thought I might cover a little bit of music history on the topic. Um, and it just so happens the only album I could find that's celebrating a 50th anniversary on this exact day is uh, the first solo album by David Crosby. Uh, it's called If I Could Only Remember My Name. Uh, it was released on February 22nd, 1971, exactly 50 years ago. Um, this record's really cool, um, not only for the fact that it's a David Crosby album, but it also features a bunch of uh, Bay Area musicians. Um, this ensemble was basically given the nickname of the Planet Earth Rock and Roll Orchestra. Uh, it featured, obviously, David Crosby, uh, Graham Nash, Neil Young, uh, Joni Mitchell, as well as members of Jefferson Airplane, Santana, and the Grateful Dead. Okay. Um, another interesting note about this record is that uh, 
in a Vatican City newspaper in 2010, it was listed as the second uh, on the top 10 pop albums of all time in some newspaper periodical. So, Wait, did you say Vatican City newspaper? Yeah, in a Vatican City newspaper, this wow. record so the was... Vatican City newspaper was rating records. Yep. Apparently... Just leave that there. Just leave that I, there. We're yeah. <laughs> I, all I, I read it. I was like, yeah. and then I, uh, okay, I guess, I guess. Like is, so. is, the, um, is the Pope the one picking these records? Yeah. Like what? He, he must, he must I like, like it to David Cross. He, he, must, <laughs> a, he must like secular music. I he like must. Jesus he must David Crosby. It's on a five saint rating scale. You know? I this one the four saints. And the yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that altar boys picking the music. <laughs> well, we should see how far down this rabbit hole we can go. Yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. Any not. people yeah. we just defended. I mean, if we go, I'd if love we to hear your going, American voice. If we keep going, we're never going to hear this song. It's so. okay. I, I have some questions for Jameson about Italy later, so we'll, we'll redeem ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, um, basically, so Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young released Deja Vu in 1970, and this was kind of considered one of four follow-up records. Um, each member of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was obviously an amazing singer-songwriter in their own right, and they all released solo albums uh, after their huge uh, record Deja Vu, and this was uh, David Crosby's uh, contribution, I guess. Um and I mean, if you look at the personnel in this, it's kind of insane. Uh, David Crosby, Graham Nash, Jerry Garcia, Neil Young, Jerma Kalkinen of Jefferson Airplane, uh, Greg Rowley from Santana, uh, later on, who would be a part of Journey, uh, Phil Lesh, Jack Cassidy from Jefferson Airplane, Bill Kreutzman, Michael Shreve from Santana, Mickey oh, Hart, Jimmy Mitchell. Um, just kind of insane looking at the personnel in this record. Um, so the song. I wanted to play today. I thought it was really kind of ethereal and psychedelic and cool. Um, and it's different from what I usually do. Um, kind of, kind of reaching the limit of my knowledge on certain styles of music. So I have to kind of branch out, uh, today what we're going to be listening to is a song called laughing off of, if I could only remember my <laughs> name, the 1971 record by David Crosby. Let's hear it.
be like it's funny because that that track to me i feel like is is known as he is for you know like his voice and like the voices of that that acoustic guitar is the thing that jumps mm-hmm. out to me that i'm like oh that is almost just as identifiable as those mm-hmm. voices are and to like get that is 
and and obviously their harmonies are insane and that's that's amazing but it's cool to be like oh you can almost hear that 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 jangly guitar and be like that's probably Crosby still smashing it's, it's the way he plays his chords right it's the way he like places them in the composition is is so identifiable it's this kind of ethereal thing and it's there's nothing crazy about the vo- voicings per se or or uh, it's it's the way he's playing them is just very identifiable as as David Crosby and I think I think he doesn't get enough credit for sort of the vibe he puts out with the way he plays his his chords and stuff like that like you can hear that on all of the the CSNY shit as well like there's just this really cool quality to you know when he's just he's just strumming an acoustic guitar or maybe sometimes it's like a twelve string acoustic but the way David Crosby lays his chords out in a composition is just so uh you know it's there's as much identity in that as hearing a guitar solo from jimmy page or something like that um in addition to those harmonies which are just fantastic amazing and uh can't go wrong with jerry garcia on pedal steel yeah seriously man holy shit i was gonna i was gonna ask who was playing steel yeah yeah jerry garcia at the top, yeah, just the top of that chorus. Like every time that chorus, hit, I'm just listening on my phone speaker too. Mm-hmm. Now I want to hear that track like with headphones, but yeah, just the top of that chorus hitting is so I don't powerful. Mm-hmm. Voices sound crazy, mm-hmm. really and it's cool. not heavy whatsoever. It's like the there's nothing heavy about the arrangement. Just the impact of all those voices coming together is oh man, such a such a vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Really, that was really awesome. Beautiful. It definitely transports yeah. you, man. It, it takes it takes you yes. to another place. Yes. Very, yeah. Very cool, man. True. Yeah, just that that chemistry of those guys in a room together. I mean, they they didn't even have stills involved, but just just even uh, Crosby and Nash together in a room. Who did probably you know I would say most of those vocal arrangements on that record mm. is just you can hear right away the way their voices, the harmonics of their voices blend together. It, is just so it's just magic it's so cool yeah and ethereal and psychedelic and awesome what what year what year is that henry what year did that come out 1971 yeah yeah awesome yeah yeah and well, that, i was trying to oh go ahead sorry and that was his debut album right yeah, that it was, was that was david crosby's first solo record so wow. so for those that don't know he had also been uh in the birds uh, in the mid, mid mid to late sixties around that period, um, he he played Monterey Pop with them, or maybe maybe I'm thinking of Buffalo Springfield where he filled in for Neil Young. Um, that's another cool story about David Crosby is uh, Neil Young couldn't make uh, Monterey Pop Festival with his then band Buffalo Springfield, so David Crosby actually filled the role of Neil Young for that show. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and and I think that's probably probably one way the relationship between him and Steven stills deepened and sort of paved the way for uh, Crosby stills and Nash to happen um, in 68 or 69. And then obviously Neil Young got involved and it became this whole crazy thing. And so he had a, he had a huge reputation because the Crosby stills, Nash and Young thing just exploded, obviously. Um, And yeah, so that was his, that was his first, uh, first solo record. Nice. Very cool. I don't know if I've heard that. I should dive a little deeper. Yes, please do. Please do. Please dive into that one. And if you're looking for some more cool stuff that maybe you haven't heard or maybe 
you forgot about. Maybe you've heard it before and uh, it's just been a while since you heard it. Uh, I have a playlist on Spotify called Henry's History Lesson. Uh, we put a link to it in the description and also in the comments uh, to all of these things. Uh, I am now at, what are we at? 86 songs, I think. Which nice. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some, sometimes when I'm feeling like I need to put a little extra behind an artist, I'll put I'll put two songs uh, in there. This week it's just one. Um, but uh, but yeah, every every week I put at least one new song on that playlist from the uh, the the vast uh, museum we have at our fingertips nowadays. So. It's turning into a really cool compilation, I think. Yeah. Um, you can shuffle it. You can listen to it in chronological order. I think it's just a really cool I think it's just a really cool mix in general. Um, it's got a lot of really cool stuff and stuff that I really like. And, um, you know, if you're not familiar with some of the maybe lesser-known stuff that came out in what I consider kind of the golden age of, say, like 65 to 75 of, of rock and roll music, that's kind of – maybe 90% of what I draw on. And then there's also some newer artists I put in there as well. So yeah. uh, if you're looking to get turned on to some new stuff that maybe you haven't heard, or you haven't listened to it in a while, check it out. The Henry's history lesson playlist. Right on. Awesome. Oh, man. Hell yeah. yeah. I guess that brings us to the man of the hour, Mr. Jameson Burt Shit. over there, <laughs> 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 which, um, you know, I mean, uh, from Orange County and um, from being a young musician growing up in the scene. Um, I don't know when we met or I, I, I probably met you as like a young little kid who came to shows. At least you thought I was a young little kid, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, back in the gypsy lounge and um, the days when uh, Detroit bar was around. And, and I think you were playing like acoustic for like JB cannon on some shows back in the day, day back when uh, I remember, Remember the the mustache, cowboy hat, you know, just the mysterious cowboy side of side of you. Yeah, I think I never knew how old you were because you've always <laughs> had that beard, right? I mean, so I don't know since you were like thirteen years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, it's been there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, probably Gypsy Lounge. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Like, like a bunch of us. Yeah, and in the meantime. For everyone listening, we've gotten to play uh, shows together over the over the past, and um, you've and you recently came out with a new EP, which I want to talk about a little later. Um, but you've also done plenty of touring uh, without your throughout your career, um, and you've also done some really cool things, uh, which I'd love to just ask you about because um, and I forget what year it was. Um, but there was a period of time when you were out playing some crazy venues with, uh, and forgive me if I get his name wrong. Is it Vasco Rossi? Yeah. Va- Vasco. Yeah. Vasco. Vasco Rossi. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Close. Um, and so my yeah. question for you was just, how was that experience? How did you find, how did you get into that space and like, and just tell us about that, that experience? Yeah, uh, I mean, that tour was uh, 2019, but I met him, um, I mean, my ex was Italian, and um, I met her, I met a bunch of Italians that, 
one time because the Italians really stick together. So basically I met this guy named Severio, who's a producer, multi-instrumentalist producer uh, in LA that I made a record with like years back that never came out. Um, really nice guy, really good producer. And um, I didn't really know anything about like Italian music. I didn't know very many Italians, but the Italians stick together. And he was, um, he was basically living and working in the house slash studio of this Italian rock star, this guy, Bosco, who I'd never heard of, but he's like the closest thing is like the Bruce Springsteen of Italy. You know, he's been around, he's been around since the 80s, 70s, 80s. Um, and the only difference between him and Bruce is like, he still has like pop hits. Like he stayed in like mm. the kind of pop world, you know? Um, but this guy Severio had produced and written songs for him and was like kind of the caretaker of his studio in LA. But this guy Bosco like basically never came to LA. So um, <laughs> I got to make a record in that, in that studio and then through just keeping in touch with this guy Severio, like met Bosco when he was in LA, like a few years back um, and kind of became friends with him a little bit acquaintances, you know, and he would have these like dinner parties at his house, which is how I met my ex and um, a bunch of other like cool Italian people in LA. And like, he had me play at his house a couple times, like, these like dinner parties like i'll just play a couple songs like after dinner or whatever so that i kind of got to know those guys that way and then um always like secretly hoped that i mean dreamed that i could like tour with them and it just randomly not randomly but he just invited you know invited me to open one of his tours you know so that was like it was like a month a month but he's like old so it was like 10 or 11 shows or something you know he'd like play two days in a row and then like take three or four days off you know um but that anyway that's a short version but that that's how that ended up happening he just it was just because i met him and and he liked me or whatever and um was like wanted to give me that opportunity you know that's rad that's so rad and they were massive shows too man like massive <laughs> like like what was what was the cap on one of the shows because you were playing like arenas right yeah or stadiums like 65, at least like sixty five thousand people Woo, so, <laughs> i mean when i when i was playing well you know it wasn't like full you know um so i don't know 40 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay only yeah, 40. Yeah. no I, that's nothing insane. compared to 60 trust me and yeah. was that touring in the states or was that touring in italy it was all in italy this guy like this guy doesn't even have fans in like France, like next door, you know, like <laughs> he only sings in Italian. And this is why the Italians love him so fucking much. Mm. Like other Italian pop stars from what I've learned, like we'll do a song in Spanish, like, and we'll branch out like other Italian, like pop musicians, like have following Latin America and all this stuff. This guy only speaks Italian, only sings in Italian. And he's like, Bruce meets like Bob Dylan or something. Like it's all about his lyrics and the and yeah. he's talking about like the common people, you know, all of Italian. So they, he's like a you know he's like a god to them. But he never tours anywhere outside of Italy. He 
he can't like he, he wouldn't draw he wouldn't draw Betty. but then in italy he could sell out like you know as much as he as much as he wants you know it's crazy, it's crazy. there's like no i don't know of an equivalent like in america or, or england or anything he's just like the biggest thing in the world in italy and then outside he's like no one which is great for him like he comes to la and he just wants to go grocery shopping like yeah work in the studio <laughs> he just wants to like go to the park because in italy there's literally 24 hours a day people camped outside of his house like 24 hours a day wow damn crazy 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 well and another question for you is is i think crazier to think about for me um than just even playing like that, that big of a show you you open up these shows solo right mm-hmm. like you and a guitar mm-hmm. in front of <laughs> sixty thousand people mm-hmm. or sorry 40 <laughs> um like yeah. what was that experience like to Damn. to be up there with your guitar and your voice and that's it like and and you are there to encapture these the stadium of people or was it like because there's so many people there it like turned into like one of those things where you didn't have any like, uh, nerves at all because it's just so big i don't know man I, I don't know just like the olympics you know i think insane insane you know the first i knew like i'd seen pictures of the venue and stuff and i you like i knew how big it was going to be but I remember like walking in the, the day before the first show and like to do the first sound check or whatever and just like walked into that place empty and just like, um, I don't know, it was like emotional and uh, not really, I don't, I don't know, not really scary because I, I knew for like a couple months leading into it that I was going to be doing it. Um, and you guys have played, you guys have played like big places, festivals and shit. I don't know, in some way it's almost like more than like a thousand people. It's like, it doesn't even fucking matter. You can't yeah. see anybody, you know, yeah. it's just, um, I get more, dude, I, I honestly, I get more nervous, like in front of five people. I I'm the same way. hundred you know? percent. Like once there's yeah, enough people there where you can't even tell how many people are there, it just kind of goes out your, your brain and you're just on stage with the guys and you're just playing. Yeah, it doesn't matter if there's five thousand or a thousand or it's ten thousand. Yeah, it's, it's too enjoying big to the scenery. Yeah, and once you're doing it, all all I'm thinking about is wanting to sing and play well. You know, like yeah, you know, you just and then it goes by. Like I mean, I was only doing like you know, twenty five minute set or something, so it just goes by. It feels like it was like two minutes long. You know, so did you? I have another question for you. Did you did you play anything off of? Out of the canyon on crutches on that tour. I played. I played like uh, gunful bullets in that stadium. I played gunful of bullets. Yeah. Yes, dude. It's my favorite song. <laughs> I mean, that was like honestly, at like, the records I was making, the time I was doing that, and the music I was interested in was um, mellower, and you know, I don't know, totally different. But that was that's like a rock, you know, super rock crowd. Yeah. Like, like heavy. I didn't realize until the first show. Like, I did my set, and then he started playing. And I'd heard, I'd heard a lot of his music, but like live, they like crank it like crazy. You know, like really heavy. So after the first night, I kind of got my ass kicked, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I have to, play. Like, <laughs> I have to go for it harder." You know, like I have to hit the amp harder than I ever would, and like you know, 
it almost became even less about like what songs am I playing? It's just like, whatever I'm playing, I have to just like hit it as hard as I can, you know, to baseball bat people. Yeah. Well, and at least you had, you've had experience with the rock crowd because you've done a handful of dates, quite a few with the, with the Suns opening up for them solo and stuff too. So you, you know how to play that rock crowd, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think this, I think the main difference was, um, the, I mean, the rival Suns crowd was, you guys, you guys have played with them too. I mean, they're, they seem pretty like warm. Like, yeah. Accepting. yeah. Um, this, there was like the language barrier thing, which I think was an issue. And also like, I'd heard all these <laughs> horror stories because his fans are so like hardcore that they booed a lot of openers off, like in the past decades like there's a story about like Alana Smorset opened for him one time in the nineties when she was huge and like they threw shit at her what? and she had Damn. to stop. And like they would just start chanting his name during any opener's set. This is like what I was hearing from the crew and shit. So I just figured like if that didn't happen, I I won. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get booed, you know? There you go. So I didn't get like encore or anything, but I didn't get I didn't get uh, beer bottles thrown at me, so I, I figured it was successful. I feel like that's every show. As long as you don't have any beer <laughs> bottles thrown at you, like you're good to go. <laughs> or boot right. off stage, yeah. <laughs> right. God, can you imagine <laughs> getting booed off stage with forty thousand people in the crowd? Yeah. The worst feeling in the world. Right. Sorry. You just have to think to yourself, you know, oh, they just think my name is Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's Bruce. funny because because yeah. I've heard um, the story about uh, this show at the L.A. Coliseum in the early 80s where that exact thing happened to Prince. Have yeah. you heard about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He opened up for the Rolling Stones and, and it was like the whole like people were really into the like it was like the slogan was like it was like fuck disco or something like that. Or like disco sucks or something. And like, it was like Prince and then George Thorogood and the Rolling Stones. And like Prince came out and like, he had like high heels and like a thong, and like a jacket on. And like, <clears throat> and like yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like that <laughs> album too. It was like uh, the, the self-titled album or maybe, maybe 1999 hadn't even come out yet. It was like 80 or 81. I think it was 81 at the LA Coliseum. And like Prince got like, you know, people were throwing shit at him and like booing him off the stage. And that was, you know, fucking Prince, like insane. Yeah. Um, so anyways. The thing about that story is he, he did two nights with the Rolling Stones. Right, right. So he talked to Mick Jagger afterwards. And he said, you have to come back and play again. Because <laughs> like, right. we'll talk to the audience and yeah. do it. So he had to come right. back the second night. And apparently the second night was like way better than the first night. And they right. actually like started accepting him. Right. But That's he felt was like a world of shit. Yeah. I, I heard he flew all the way back to Minneapolis. And then they called him and made him fly all the way back for the next show mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, wow. And that show is estimated 94,000 people. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot Jesus of fucking people. Christ. Oh fuck! But obviously, yeah. what the fuck did they know? Because look what yeah. happened, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Andrew, Andrew, that made me think of one thing. The last thing about that opening for that Bosco guy. The one, well, a few things he did that were really cool to me was like he did a when he announced his tour dates. Like he did a post 
of like a video of mine and he was like hey i'm inviting this guy like i want him on this tour you know he did that like publicly and then he had his guy that would come out and announce him like he had him come out and announce me and say wow you know like vasco found this guy in los angeles and he's brought him here to play for you so like i don't know what he said exactly all the time but it's like so, you know, listen up. So I think that was a huge, um, for sure, that was like a huge um, help, you know, to get not, not get my ass kicked like Prince. Damn. <laughs> you know. but, yeah. Well, and at least like, at least he did that. Like, I mean, he, he's a huge rock star in Italy, but he's willing to take the time and let people know, like, you know, he invited you there. It wasn't just like, a, here's this random American who's going to yeah. sing. 25 minutes before me, you know, like it's, it's, it's rare that he did that. Yeah. Hey guys, this dude's all right. This dude's all right. All right. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't have to do that. You know? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. really cool that's, cool. that's super cool. I have one other question. How good was the Italian food on that tour? <laughs> oh, like, like the catering. Was it just like, did you have some of the best Italian food? I would imagine like being, on that sort of tour with like that guy, you maybe get access to like restaurants that like maybe not a normal person would get access to or some sort of something like that. You're like, damn, like that was, we talk about food a lot on this podcast too. That's solid. Um, I mean, the catering was good. I, I, I would think you guys have been to Italy. Like I've never had bad food in Italy like, yeah. ever. So as far as like the catering for everybody, it was just like, Oh, we're eating like Italian food made by Italians, you know, <laughs> really good. I kind of, I kind of missed out though. Cause I don't, I don't like eat very much like before a show, like I'll like eat yeah. breakfast and then like, or like lunch, like, but I'm not like everyone's eating this huge, like meal on the catering before the show. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't do that. You yeah. Guys, especially like, Italian food. Like, especially way. like, Pasta and pizza, yeah. like right before a show, is like seems no. brutal. So I, I kept, <laughs> yeah. kept ending up. It's like fucking midnight, and I get back to the hotel, and I'm getting like a you know a ham sandwich at the from fucking room service. So, but definitely been there before. Yeah, it's oh, all it's yeah. always the worst when like a little prosciutto cat- caprese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When like like, like so catering looks good. so good, but like everything's <laughs> running late, so you have like thirty minutes before showtime, yeah. and they just provide all this great food, and you're like, "Yep, can't do that right now." Uh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to eat that and do anything up there that's going to be better than yeah. Robert. You don't eat like a, a clam, like cream sauce pasta, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I leave that to Henry. <laughs> I I don't like to do that before we go on stage either though. Like it's like a it's like a two hour barrier. At yeah, least. I mean for me there for me there always is. I mean unless I'm like I haven't eaten all day and I just need something, but I would yeah. really I prefer probably, to eat afterwards than before. Yeah, you guys are the guys who ate like Uberbachen before we played yeah. in Germany. Like that's, that's because I didn't know what Uberbachen was. Which yeah, was a bad choice. <laughs> for, for those, and I didn't you, do it the second time. For those of you wondering what Uberbachen is, oh, it's sorry, essentially yeah. it's essentially a uh, like a like a mac and cheese casserole, but instead of noodles, it's gyro meat, <laughs> and it's fucking insanely delicious, and also insanely salty and heavy. And just 
amazing. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite things, and we got to have it like three times in a couple weeks on the last tour yes, or whatever. It's like, not oh good. My god, it was so good, but not right before a show. Like, no, you're up yeah. there playing, and you're just sweating cheese at, at that point. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. You're like, come on, come on, come on. Stop dragging. Keep pushing. Jameson, I've got a question for you because I've heard you a lot like coming up and everything that you've done and who your influence is because I love your voice and it's so distinct and it's so awesome and you do so many cool uh, things with it that who did you listen to for inspiration when you were trying to figure out who you were? Oh, thanks, man. A really broad range, man. You know, like a really broad range. I mean, I grew I grew up on like the you know the Beatles and um, Joni Mitchell and like Billy Joel and Beach Boys and that that's like what my dad listened to. And then you know, got into like probably like a lot of at some point you find out who Led Zeppelin is and got into Led Zeppelin, Frank Zappa, and then a bunch of like fusion stuff. And I was a teenager, and then. Um, I don't know. I don't, when I started like singing, I, I guess I took all that and um, got into like some of the soul singers. You know, I love I love I love Stevie Wonder and Al Green. I love a lot. Um, you know, got into got into Buckley, got into Radiohead, um, Bjork. Like I don't know, a, a wide range of stuff. You know. Um, I mean, I, I I remember wanting to be Michael Jackson when I when I was a kid, and I still do want to be Michael. <laughs> but um, I was I wondering know, about the one below. Probably, like, probably like probably like all you guys, it's like a it's a, a stew that there's like. I always feel like the more stuff gets put in the pot, the more interesting it gets. You know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. All, all, yeah. All that stuff. Totally. That's awesome. Your songwriting definitely lends itself in a certain direction, but you definitely hear all those things you just yeah. said, like all the soul influence and all the indie influence and all those things. And it's sort of like why in Orange County or something is interesting. There's so much that happened in LA and in Orange County and in <laughs> Southern California in general that like, it's hard to put your finger on who you are and it but that makes really really good artists at the end of it because then you have to like you know go through a lot to figure out who you are at the end of that journey and i definitely feel like you have a, like a super distinct voice because of everything yeah. that you just said you know thanks man yeah i appreciate it I, i'm gonna chime in here because i saw something that you posted a couple weeks back and I had no idea you were a badass guitar player either. And I saw that and I was like, this is crazy. This is, this is just not fair. Cause you're an insane singer too. And then you posted this thing and you were like, Oh, I'm going to cover this Joe Satriani song. I'm like, no, he's yeah. not. And I looked at it and I was like, so you, so you have like the, yeah. you have like a guitar player thing happening as well. And so I'm curious about that as well. Like kind of echo, like, echo. There, yeah, you had like you have you. There was a Joe Satriani thing, and I went through that specifically in high school. Like I was really into like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in your trajectory as I guess more on the guitar side of things. I know you play like keys and drums and stuff too, um, but you, and you got really cool guitars too. Like you got a really cool guitar collection, at least from what I've seen. 
Thanks, man. I'm not surprised you got you got into those guys too because you have <laughs> you have like chops that I haven't <laughs> had you. since I was. Well, I've never had chops like that, but um, <laughs> I I didn't start singing until I was like 17. You know, oh, okay. I started playing guitar when I was 12. Okay, and got really. I mean, got an, obviously Hendrix and Clapton and yeah. all that, all that stuff. Yep. And then, um, but I was writing like from from the beginning. I was like writing my own like guitar music, you know, mm-hmm. like instrumental music. Mm-hmm. And I and then I discovered Satriani. Was like 13, 14 years old, and like yeah. got obsessed with it. You know, yeah. So it spent a few years when I should have been uh, score women. I was just like play guitar. You know, I feel that <laughs> <You> man. Know, <laughs> my, <laughs> teen, my teenage years were just like guitar. You know. Yep. Yep. And even start playing like start playing bars like be like covering Satriani songs like at the, at the fucking bar and my that's, <laughs> awesome. that's so cool and like Hendrix and shit but I just yeah. like played all the melodies on the guitar you know and, and then my <laughs> guitar awesome. teacher who I had like on and off through my teenage years this guy I studied with who helped me a lot but he ended up just being like Jameson like number one you gotta play songs people wanna hear <laughs> And number two, and number two, like someone in your band's going to learn to sing, man. Like you can't just play guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like kind of begrudgingly, it was like, well, shit, I want to keep playing bars. So like, I'll try to, I'll try to sing. And that, that like really backed into it, like over a few years of like reluctantly singing and then, mm-hmm. and then getting to like it. But anyway, but the, yeah, Satriana, I still love that shit. And I haven't, yeah. like, I had way more guitar skills when I was like 16 years old than now. And like, I just thought it, it would be like a cool, a fun, like challenge for me to try to try to do it again. And I still couldn't, I tried to learn some of his like licks, like verbatim. Yeah. I, I spent like a week, like studying it. And I was like, how much time am I going to spend trying to nail this? Like, fuck yeah. It. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I, I never got. I love. Yeah, I, love <laughs> I never got deep enough into that into that pool to like really get into like what was happening. You know, I picked up little tidbits here and there, but but kind of overall, I've stuck more to like the blues rock kind of yeah. thing, and you know, dipped into the jazz thing here and there, dipped into a little bit of the shred thing, but but yeah, yeah some of that stuff is just. I feel like there's so much work to be done to get to that level. And then it's like, at what cost, you know, at what cost have I learned this crazy, like million mile an hour note lick? And well, like, that, what is like, that's who am just I going to impress with this? Like, like right. those dudes have dedicated their life to like playing like that. And, and, yes. and amazing. Yeah. And yeah. And praise be to them for doing that. Cause that's, that takes so much fucking work to get there. Crazy. Yeah, what was the cost? Uh, what was the cost? I don't know. I don't know. They'll, they'll have to tell us when we get Joe Satriani will have to tell us when we get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's scheduled for uh, um, 198. Okay, great. Satch. Uh, Satch. Good old Satch. That's, that's, I, I emailed them and they're like, "Well, we need you to do at least 150 before we can even consider it." So it's July of 2023. <laughs> so we got we got yeah. some time. Uh, in any case. <laughs> The, that thing you posted, I thought it was amazing and beautiful and oh, really, really cool. And it made every time you posted the little comments on my post and be like, oh, your playing sounds good. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> he actually like, oh, man, <laughs> knows, yeah, knows what he's talking about. So that it, it meant that much more to me. And, and uh, yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. 
Oh, thanks, man. No, I, I, I admire your playing a ton. Man. Like, so, likewise, thanks. likewise, and and singing and everything, and drumming, dude. Mm-hmm. Shit, man. We, uh, I, I didn't even know that that you drum un- until we did that wedding gig at the you drum, bro. The the, the Coronado <laughs> down in uh, San Diego a couple years ago. I was like, oh fuck, dude. That's yeah. Oh, dude, it's so solid. I don't know. I, uh, when, yeah, when I was like 12, these two brothers moved in, and like that's the reason I picked up the guitars because I wanted to play with these guys. Mm. And one was a drummer and one was a guitar player. So I just started picking up both like around the same time, but mm. I never like had my own drum set. Like I didn't, I just like picked up little things, you know, here and there. And then, um, when I had, my first like studio or shared a studio with Steve Carson, those guys, there was a drum set around. So it's like, I started playing drums on my own recordings, like, which I still do quite a bit. And, but I'm, I can just, I can hold it down like simple, but I can't do, you know, I can't do anything that um, I would want a drummer in my band to be able to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what, that's what you've been doing recently, right? Cause I, I, I saw that you, you've released quite a few, different tracks throughout 2020 which uh also kind of most recently an ep called chloe um which i thought was was great yeah um i love the the different dynamics of songs that you had in there i mean love note uh, is brilliant by the way yeah you like oh that the love note one that you kind of just it seemed to me like you were just reading a love note over a track of music that was just beautiful like no, it, it would seem like it was wasn't. So uh, rad, dude. It was just a really cool concept for a song. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you been doing all that from where you are right now, like in your home, um, just you recording everything yourself and everything like that? Yeah, that that one. Yes, um, I wrote. I basically like wrote and recorded that in like kind of in that first month of of lockdown, like kind of like April of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause that I just was in a, in a mood, you know? Um, and kind of, there's a piano here where I'm, where I'm living, like, and I don't, I don't play piano very much, but just like ended up writing, you know, the songs like mainly on the, on the piano. And then I just have a real simple like recording setup here. So I actually recorded everything like from home and then had Andy, you know, Andy, Andy Carter, um, like mix it you know, nice. master it, but just did everything from here, like on acoustic instruments. So it sounds it so like, great, man. And, and it's got such a vibe to it. Thanks, man. Like, especially like the, the, whatever piano you have and how you mic'd it. I was like, how the hell did he get this tone, dude? Like that's, I'm, I might be hitting you up for, for some <laughs> recording soon. If, it's, if, if it's, you're interested. It's super, it's super ghetto, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's probably why it sounds so good. Yeah, because you didn't overthink it. You just use what you use, and well, you know. and, I, and like I have, I only have one mic. Yeah. So to do stereo, like everything's doubled basically, and it's like put the mic on one side of the room and play the part. Put the mic on the other side of the room and then double it and pan them. So that's kind of like part of that sound. I think is whatever sound I got is just from that it was it was done like that, you know. That's so rad, though, dude. That's yeah. like, uh, like what, what? What were the drummers that used to like record, like each drum separately, or like just do cymbals and then just do shells? 
and stuff. And you just end up Josh Homme does drums and cymbals separately yeah. from Queens of the Stone Age, but I've never heard 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 of that with with piano though, and that's really interesting. And that probably is why it's it's got that such like a like spacey but yet full and intimate but distant sound to it. Is it, it was really cool texture, and I was trying to pick apart how the fuck you did it. And thank you for telling me, man. Like that, that's incredible. Thanks, man. I mean, the other limitation is I really, I really, I'm not being humble. I really do suck on the piano. So like, even something a, sh- a piano player would do with two hands, like I can't do it. So it's like even some of that's like right hand, left and right, and then like left hand, left and right. So there yeah. might be like six or eight piano tracks to make like one part happen you know that's incredible man that's so cool. and it works better than Thanks. us piano players that can you know could do it and and you know with two hands in one take like we probably i don't know should. man if you were because your you shit were sounds night, cooler man. the night room with stereo mics playing those parts i'm sure it would sound better <laughs> but I appreciate it, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna hear a track from off that EP at the end of this <clears throat> wonderful podcast that we're uh, that hopefully you're listening to if you can hear my voice. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've uh, just kind of a, an overall question because uh, we've we've had a lot of guests on here throughout this quarantine um, time period, which you know we're we're basically still in. Um, for the most part, um, I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, um, at some point, but, uh, I'm not, not only recording music, writing music. Um, what have you been doing with your time during these past few months of, of, you know, not being able to go drink a Marine room, <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what have you been doing to, to pass the time? That's not, not just the, the music side of things. Just sitting around thinking about drinking at Marine Room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd actually like to ask you guys this, the same thing because I mean, I mean, we keep in, we keep in touch a little bit, but we haven't talked that much. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, right, trying to write and and record stuff every day, and um, I've been getting into cooking quite a bit. Yeah, dude. Which so that's that's been a nice like that's been a cool thing. That's become like kind of. I'm a beginner still, but like it's become a passion, passion of mine, something like I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, just that, like, you know, push-ups and, uh, <laughs> you know, jogging and drinking too much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't it's know. Man. It's, 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 it's like flying, it's like flying by in like in weird stages, right? I don't know. You guys probably feel this. It's like time will go really slow. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, that was a fucking year ago that something rather happened. It's like, you know, it's, um, it's fucking, it's fucking with my head, you know, like probably like a lot of us, you know? Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in trying to stay productive. I mean, trying to stay active like you guys are like stay active online, put out videos, put out new music and just keep, you know, just keep going, you know? Um, but yeah, what about, sure. what about you guys? You, you've been able My, to get minus, keep your minus same. the running. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> I mean, I think I think all of us here have probably cooked more. Um, yeah, it's also because we've actually like been home, you know, yeah. for 
longer a period of time than I think we've ever been home. Um, yeah. cause we're, we, there's always some sort of tour happening or, you know, we're always looking forward to that next tour or something like that. But I think this might be the longest period of time that we've actually been home in years. And, yeah. Um, which means and you have more time to cook, over, you have more time to over a decade play around with things. Yeah. Yeah. But we still get together uh, and, and rehearse. I mean, the, when, when this all first happened and the, the very beginning of stay at home, we were, we were doing like online rehearsals um, just because at the time, you know, people didn't know what was going on, you know, but yeah. I think we've, we've tried to make sure we, we keep on our musicianship um, even though we're in the weirdness, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been writing a lot uh, lately. So we have some, uh, some plans for the future to uh, release some new music and, uh, you know, just get back into the studio and everything. Yeah. Which uh, we're looking forward to for sure. Uh, yeah, we hear it. Yeah. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's used to being really busy and that being a part of their lives. And then you slow down you start to see everything for what it is. And it's just different because you're not in the middle of it. So it looks different from being on the other side. And uh, I think things are starting to like start up again. I, yeah. I got a message from a friend in the UK going like, oh, it looks like they're going to do shows in September now. And I'm like, what? Like oh. it doesn't. And in my head, I'm like, because we have a sh- uh, tour booked at the end of the year. And always in my mind, I'm going like, well, it's not going to pan out. It's not going to pan out. And now it's looking like it's going to pan out. And it's like, oh, my God, like, what happens when the machine starts up again? And that's its own set of everything, you yeah. know? Wow. And so that's a whole nother can of worms is what happens when it all comes back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that that's a UK tour you guys have to hopefully going at the end of the year? Yeah, it was it was supposed to be in May and then it got rescheduled to September. Well, it was supposed to be last May. Uh, so then it got postponed to this year and then now it gets postponed to September. Right. Um, which will be our first run out there in the UK, which will, uh, I mean, it, if it happens, if we can make it there, I'm oh, super excited because so we haven't done like a full run in the UK. We've done a couple shows, uh, one time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just been, we've gotten a, a great response from the UK from releasing our record. Um, but we haven't been able to play there. So I'm right. kind of excited to, uh, see what the UK has to offer. Cause you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it. I hope it happens for you guys. <laughs> us too. <laughs> yeah. Hope it happens for all of us, man. Yeah, man. It's gonna Seriously. be going to be good to get back out there for sure. Can't wait. And th- things are starting to slowly open up. You know, here in Orange County too. Like I, I just got my first residency gig in. You know, since in al- almost a year, and they've locked me in for, for every Wednesday What's the name solo. Of that place? It's down in Newport, right? Yeah, it's the Peninsula Lounge in uh, Newport. Uh, right, it's right next to uh, Woody's Wharf, across the street from Cassidy's. Yeah, and um, it's cool, man. And we're we're building it, and they've you know they're hoping that they're taking precautions, and you got to wear masks inside. You know, and they've got patio seating and all the other stuff. They're they're trying to 
go as as uh, as safely as they can. And it's been a slow rollout because uh, you can't really start promoting anything, I guess, until next week or yeah. next next weekend or something is when the sanctions are lifted for uh, uh, promoting gatherings and stuff. So that's why, like a lot of like our our Hangar Twenty Four show uh, in Irvine in, in March and, uh, some other events that are coming up next month are like the first stages of being actually legally able to promote and, uh, incite gatherings. Sounds, you know what I mean? Like, it's like even, even socially distant and like trying to, to keep people safe and be aware and, and conscientious about safety protocols and everything. Like it's the, you haven't been able to promote any of that stuff in, months so it's it's cool that like it's starting to we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and they do have you know a lot of i mean there's three vaccination sites here in orange county now as well and uh, you can sign up i think through the uh, county health office to get your vaccine and all that stuff now which is which is pretty cool um but yeah it's it's all starting to happen and you know of course we'll have to see what actually happens you know but in the meantime it's it's nice to see a little glimmer of hope for a change you know it, it is cool. man um shit i would love yeah, to come just, and just get fucking drunk and listen to you play like i can't wait for your first gig back man that's gonna be so rad <laughs> can't wait can't wait to see you drunk in person. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> you want a shot? Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll just be bringing it up and placing it on the stage respectfully. You know? yeah. Okay, so here's a great. here's a question. Here's a question, James. How often do people want to buy you a shot of Jameson only because your name is Jameson? Like, is it a common occurrence, or are people not as weird as I think they are? No, it's not. No doesn't happen very often okay all right this well, is what we're doing at the next jameson show yeah we should fix that we just come up with a tray of like 14 shots he's like you're just like no i, I drink tequila guys i'm not yes buy me five shots of whiskey right before i go on and then we'll see what happens and then some italian food yep. yeah <laughs> get all in there some clams <laughs> please some, some some late night prosciutto sandwiches, man. Yeah, and a, and a stretcher. <laughs> yeah, and a, stretcher. and a pillow, a very comfortable pillow. Right. This song is called "Me Throwing Up." <laughs> right on. <laughs> what what date is your guy? I know I've seen it on on your um, Instagram and stuff, but what date is your show in March? March 20th. And you got, you played this spot like quite a few times before, right? We played it one time in November, right before everything got shut down, like a lot more. Um, it was kind of like, a, we were stoked that we got to play it because like, I think like the next week is when they closed everything down again. Um, but it's a giant outdoor area. Uh, we, we, we work with Hannah productions on it and we bring in the stage and lights um, and sound and everything. And it's just, it's a massive area. So there's a lot of room for people. You know, no one's forced into like a, a certain room or area. Uh, so you can be as much socially distant as you want to be. Um, 
and it's uh it's a cool it's a cool spot it's in like this 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 office area uh, what do you, office complex is that what you would call that mm-hmm. yeah um and uh hangar 24 has been been really cool with the whole process so um just uh it's a cool it's a cool area that we we got we get a chance to play in just because it's um there's not a lot of places like that in orange county that have that big of an outdoor area that we yeah. can play in it's you know it's, i mean there's it, it's like the size of like the field of a football field. Like wow. it's, it's, it's a, it's a big outdoor space. So there's plenty of space to have your own area and, and be safe. And they've got a satellite bar over there. Also, uh, if anybody's coming, the, uh, uh, the corn dogs are fucking incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> Share them with a friend. Dude, seriously. They, they come, they come in a, in a, in a group of three, and they and they put honey in the batter. Yeah, it's a group of corn dogs, right? A trio, it's like a trio, a, a gaggle of geese, a group of corn corn dogs, a trio of corn dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, there's there's honey in the batter and uh, little bits of jalapeno in the batter as well. Like you don't even. Jameson's need sauce. like, how is this band not a thousand pounds? All they do is talk about <laughs> eating food all, and drinking beer all day. It's the push-ups and the jogging, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that we don't totally. do. <laughs> you think about it. Me and Robert were up to ten at one point on tour. That was good for I, us. I, I right. actually did. I did twenty push-ups the other day just because I wanted to. But that was one time in the past, like four months. I think yeah, I did twenty push-ups all quarantine. <laughs> My upper arms are still sore. Yeah, push up a month. <laughs> He's like, I did two push ups in December. Yeah. I had, to, I had to double up during the holidays, man. So, so, I, so I took January off. It was a hard <laughs> yeah, month. It was too much turkey in November, so I had to do two push ups. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Well, Jameson, thank you so much for uh, shooting the shit with us and uh, hanging out um, tonight. We appreciate having you on here. It's my pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, great to talk to you guys and virtually see you. I appreciate you having me. Go and yeah. go go check out for all y'all listening out there in Facebook land and uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast land. Um, go check out Jameson at, on Instagram at Jameson Makes Music, Facebook.com backslash Jameson Makes Music, YouTube.com backslash Jameson Makes Music. Click the link in the description uh, to get taken to his artist page here on Spotify. And uh, what what else do we have coming up, y'all? We have a show on March 20th, um, which is live in person, outdoor, socially distant as much as you want event. And uh, I'm looking forward to it greatly. It's nice to have an, uh, uh, something on the calendar. So it's not, it's not ticketed. It's not... <laughs> You snuck one in, you motherfucker. Uh, uh, what did you say? <laughs> I didn't hear one. So live and direct. Uh-oh. Live and direct. Um, it's not ticketed, right? But you could buy a VIP table. Is that what the deal is? Yep. It's a free event, but there are VIP tables, which come with like a heater and I think some blankets and some table service, um, if that's what you're into. Um which can all be, um, you can go to musicontherunway.com. And I think all that information is there um, yeah. for your needs. And Music on the Runway at Hangar 24 in Irvine does start next weekend. 
um, which is going to be sick. Uh, Jeremiah Red is slated to perform, and uh, I'll be out there running sound when I'm not up on stage playing music. So come, come hang out, and uh, every Saturday in March, um, Hampton Productions is uh, presenting the event, the uh, Music on the Runway, every Saturday at Hangar 24 in uh, Irvine, California. And to uh, to end this evening, we're going to listen to a track off Chloe Jameson's new EP that he came out with. uh, What was that? October. Yep. October 27th. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you guys. And this track is uh, called PCH. Be good to each other out there. Everybody get wrecked and enjoy this song. Get 